Welcome to the Not That Girl podcast. This is our first episode ever. Hooray. I am joined with my co-host Fariza. Fariza, hello. Hi everyone. Nice to meet you. I'm so excited to be here today and to start recording because we have a lot to get into and I think a lot to talk about. So to start off with, we thought that we would introduce ourselves since we're probably maybe unknown. Maybe some of you out there know us. So should we play the game? Yes. An game. <laughs> Marisa had the brilliant idea of mm. what we're going to do. We don't know. We've chosen a film and we've chosen a character that we identify with. And I feel like that's going to give you the most accurate description of who we are so that you'll judge us upon yeah. that. <laughs> Marisa, do you want to go first? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do movies first. And then. Yes. Okay. My favorite movie is not surprisingly Mamma Mia. Oh, classic. I love it, though. Uh, I love it. It's the most feel-good thing. Right? It's my comfort movie. I watch it every single month, probably. Yeah, if I'm ever in a bad mood, I just, like, will switch it on. And once I see Amanda Seyfried... Even in the background, you know, just to, like, go along with it and sing along. Have you been to the show in London? The Broadway one? Actually, no. I haven't. Have you? Yes. I really want to I've been twice, actually. It's insane. I genuinely... It's next to the O2, right? No, it's in West London. Yeah. I really want to go. You should go if you're such a fan. But Mamma Mia, the first one, though, not the second one. Second one was horrendous. I don't even think I bothered to watch the whole I thing. Have, I have watched it because obviously it's my favorite movie. But I was a bit disappointed because I felt like there was no need for it, if you know what I mean. It was yeah. more like a marketing move to, I guess, make it popular again. The first one was so successful that I think they they always do that, though. Sequels literally never do as well yeah would you expect though my favorite movie to be Mamma Mia yes it's fitting I have to say if you're listening it's accurate to yeah. Fariza's personality <laughs> yeah for some reason no one is ever surprised no it's it's it, just like yeah okay I can see that it's a perfect movie oh tell me yours please. mine is Rushmore by Wes Anderson now a lot of people listening would not probably know what that is. I am so sorry. <laughs> no, you and I do you not as well. know what it is. I haven't seen. I know who Wes Anderson is, obviously, but I don't know this movie. He, it's one of his first movies. It's like a very early one, and it's about a teenage boy who. The line is really about him falling in love with his teacher and uh, all this other stuff. But it's not about that. It's more that I identify with the teenage boy who was involved in every extracurricular at school, like all this stuff, but just his his academics just couldn't get there. Like he just... Oh, no. (laughs) He's like a perfect student in every way and obsessed with his school and obsessed with everything like that. And I don't know, when I watched it when I was 15, I just identified so fully with it and I think it stuck with me. Like he, there's so many good quotes like... If you're doing something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Like that oh sort my, of thing. I've and heard that actually. It. I've yeah. heard that. Yeah, I loved it. I don't know. I, like, I really like Rushmore's another feel good film, but in a very indie, weird way. Mm. <laughs> That's really interesting, actually. I need to see that. Yeah. Disney Plus, though, my favorite thing. Definitely, definitely so better than Netflix, I feel like. I've watched everything on Netflix. That's, That's my Netflix issue. Is not as good anymore, right? No, I don't think so. Because all the movies are now 
a bit cringe. Yeah, Netflix has really dropped the ball. I think, mm. first of all, I've watched most things on there. And second of all, I think that they were just green lighting everything and then Definitely. they stopped producing good content. <laughs> Definitely. And they bought over like different shows, like Lucifer, I think. Lucifer went really bad afterwards. Yeah, it did. Like, it really changed. It, or, like, it's not Riverdale. <laughs> Oh my god, don't even I don't what is happening there right now? And I don't even think that like the actors are taking it seriously anymore. No, there's like With there's all the so TikToks. many memes about the yeah, yeah. The, the the writing team has lost it. Like some of the lines What even is the The first season was so good. And I then, remember because I watched season one and two and then same. when it was I think season three I stopped because I was like, What the hell is going on? Yeah, I don't I think even the writers and the actors didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, I'm really surprised. <laughs> You know what? I feel like people are still watching, but I'm guessing it's more for just the fun of it. Yeah, Netflix, if you sponsor us, maybe we'll like you again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of TV show, now you're going to have to choose a character that you identify with the most from a TV show. And I feel like this is going to give the listeners a good scope into our discombobulated personalities. Let me go. Let me go first. Go. But it's kind of, it's a mix of both. Okay. So don't violate me. I will. (laughs) Gabby and Susan from Desperate Housewives. I feel like I'm a good mix of the two. Sometimes a very like bubbly in my head, like Susan. Fair enough. But at the same time, my shopping addiction, you know, it's, it's not funny. Yeah, well, you know, I think that's a good mix. But I I put that I identify most with Kendall Roy from Succession. I don't know if you've seen Succession. No. Don't even get, like, you won't be seen. You won't leave the house for three days after you start it because it's so addictive once you get into it. What, is there a lot of seasons? There, it's HBO, so there's like three mm, seasons, okay. but each episode is one hour long, one oh, and a half okay. hours long. So it's it's pretty, it's a commitment, let's yeah. just say. And, yeah, Kendall Roy is, like, the crazy first son of this. It's based on the Murdochs, so it's sort of about media companies and he's really insane and he's got, like, all these issues. (laughs) And he's constantly trying to take over the company and he's misunderstood. And I don't know why I fully identify with him. I think it's a bit of him and Shiv, which you won't even know what I'm talking about. But let's just say, if you need an accurate description of me, just look at Kendall Roy. I will actually look it up. <laughs> but if you like, you talked about how it's like a media family, right? Yeah. Because actually, guys, yeah, we met at uni. We, we did. both study journalism. So, yeah, we that's did. how we met. That's the story of our love. Yeah, <sighs> the journalism class is quirky. You know, it's an interesting yeah. subject. <laughs> Good mix of people, as you can tell now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's not even the half of it. Well, yes, I'm from Australia and Frieza is from Kazakhstan, which a lot of you might know as the Borat country. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, you know, but it got you know, such it's, a bad rap. It's fine. Borat it's did fine. you guys very dirty. He did. But you know what? It's fine. Frieza's here to rewrite. You, got, you gotta laugh for you might cry at this point. It is quite funny. Do you remember though like, when am they, I the first? They played the Borat national anthem at the Olympics accidentally. Where they played it like someone won gold and from Kazakhstan. Yes. Oh my god. And they were, you know, when they meant to play like the national anthem, oh they god. played they played the Borat one accidentally. That is so horrible. Yeah. That should have been the end of it. But, but you know what? I don't think a lot of people from Kazakhstan actually watched Borat because it's not allowed. You can't, really? I don't think you can access it because it's not allowed. You can't like rent it anywhere. No way. But maybe online somewhere. Probably. Huh. 
with the technology that we now have, it's probably really easy, but... I don't think if I was from there, I would want to watch it. I watched it. You traumatized? No, I found it quite funny. But you know what? Because I'm not as sensitive. People are really sensitive to these type of... Because you know why? Because Kazakhstan is not really a well-known country. Mm. And I feel like people get sensitive because of like the misrepresentation of the country and the people. But if you don't take it... You know, if you don't laugh, you well, you, you might know cry, the truth, don't you? I do exactly. <laughs> when you know the truth, it doesn't hurt to just laugh and take it easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Wait, yeah. Borat Two actually came out. Not I wait. have to admit, I loved it. When was know, that? Because I haven't seen it. It came out. And I only seen the first. It's it was really good because he went to America, and so it was le- oh, it was yeah. less about Kazakhstan yeah, yeah, yeah. and more about like I've how bad America yeah, is, yeah. not Kazakhstan. But it's. it's it's not that bad. It's just, it's funny. It's it's a bit racist in a way, but you know what? It's fine. We live with it. So we live, we learn. Let's just forget about it. Well, there you go. That's us. A lot of people are going to ask, why not that girl? Why do we choose that? And I'm going to pass it over to Fariza to explain the meaning behind yeah. the controversial name. Because <laughs> we are, we are more focused on the fact of the actual trend of that girl. Because it's, it's a girl who, you know, lives the perfect balance, lives the perfect lifestyle. Clean girl has aesthetic. Her, yeah, clean girl aesthetic. Very aesthetic, actually, in basically in all aspects of her life, which is like waking up 5 a.m. effortlessly pretty, you know? <laughs> And, like, getting her perfect skincare routine in the morning, in the night, and, like, having her pink Pilates princess and everything, having her matchas. You know what? It's all great. And it's good for you if you do that. Because, to be honest, I think we all strive to be that. But no one does that. Like, it's unrealistic. I don't think you find any single person. It is unrealistic. And I feel like this TikTok trend is actually a bit toxic because it doesn't show how sometimes time it's really unrealistic and it's okay not to have that you know yeah of course I totally agree I think we're here on this podcast too we're going to talk about pop culture we're going to talk about relationship we're going to take relationship questions and different life dilemmas as well and we're just here to debunk that that girl aesthetic and just say you know what it's okay not to have it all together it's okay not to always have your hair perfectly done and your closet perfectly organized and everything in order perfectly healthy and it's good for you to have your own routine you have your own up and downs and you know the way it's you live unrealistic life. it's unrealistic so we're here to bring you guys some realism i and mean we all love our matchas we all love yeah. our pilates because who doesn't it's good for you i go like once a year <laughs> i actually go quite often but it's only She's i listen you know it's really important to listen to your body more than to listen to what other people try to tell you in the media i mean we because we are journalism majors so we do see a lot of you know unrealistic portraying of women to women you know around social media it's more important now than ever because it's really accessible you know anyone can access it yeah it's weird because like the internet culture it somewhat debunks a lot of things, but yeah. it also does create a lot of unrealistic expectations. Like Definitely. seeing the heroin chic, like 90s body become, come back in fashion, which is absolutely fine if that's how you look. Like no problem. But, you know, it's weird to see all these trends coming back. And yeah, it's... I mean, sometimes it's fun to play around, like play dress up. You know what I mean? Like have different experiences, you know, change up your style, change up. But I mean... It's really toxic sometimes when it comes to people 
trying to repeat that and then it doesn't work for them and they get really discouraged and upset that it doesn't work for them and maybe something is wrong but it's not because it's all normal yeah we have our ups and downs you know it's all yeah. good it's all good yeah so that's i guess what we're kind of trying to do trying with this to podcast. speaking of i wanted to talk about emma chamberlain now i went to uni today i had a lot of people coming up to me saying oh i've seen your video i've seen you all over my for you page and i was scared and then i realized that actually my video that i made about emma chamberlain had gone a tiny bit viral slightly and a lot of people had seen it in my vicinity now what i tried to say was that she is not the most realistic 21-year-old. Her whole brand is being relatable and I didn't think that her house tour was that relatable and a lot of lots of mixed opinions. What did you think? What did you think about the whole situation? I mean, I get your point of view in terms of like, yeah, obviously it's unrealistic because of the amount of money she has, the amount of money she made. So I'm definitely not realistic to 20-year-olds. However... I also do get how, you know, she she's, what, 21, right? Yeah, she's 21. Yeah. She made herself famous. I mean, she was a YouTuber back in the day as well. So, I mean, good for her. She, I she gets it. I disagree with know? that, yeah. But she tries to be relatable. And I think in the back of her head, she, she believes that. Well, I don't really think that she is relatable. But good for her, though. She... She is self-made, which is good. Made yeah, money. that's impressive for sure. That is impressive. Impressive, 100% relatable. It's just because like it's all, her whole brand is relatability. And I just did feel like the house tour was a little bit out of touch. But then I think a lot of people are obsessed with it because it was quite aesthetic. She's my age, your age. Yeah. I mean, we are 21, 22. Yeah. She's the same age as us. And I mean, probably I would love to be where she is now. Sure. But it is unrealistic because not everyone out there, out here, will achieve that in their lives. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, everyone's striving for different things. Yeah. She's probably not that relatable, but inspiring for sure. People, I mean, I myself would want to be, you know, self-made. Yeah. And like viral on social yeah. media. Yeah. One I think day. we all want to be her. One that's, day. I guess that's the issue. And I think that's what a lot of people are saying in the comments. Like they're like, you're just jealous. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I am a bit. Maybe but people I People get very defensive a lot yeah, on social people, media. Yeah, she's got a serious like whole <laughs> band of people. That, Defending her. Yeah. I have a lot of comments being like, don't come for Emma. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I just think it was interesting because with her, t with the house tour, she was trying to like show that, oh, this is a painting that my dad did. And like, these are some tins that I got for $4 on Etsy. And she was sort of skimming over the fact that she had like a $100,000 table and stuff. So look, maybe she's a 21 year old that has it all together. But I think that there are a lot of, it puts really unrealistic expectations on us. And I feel like our generation in general has a lot of, we yeah. think we need to be successful right now, right here, overnight. I mean, do you, exactly. do you feel that? I feel the pressure of it definitely on social media more than ever because it's all about making fast money. It's all about making your name, you know, having your own print in society, having your own print in the whole world in the future. Let's even take Andrew Tate. Hi, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he is everywhere. Yes, he's probably yeah. hated by everyone. No, he's well, huge. mostly. He is huge. He's everywhere. So to be honest, 
he does not care about what people think of him. You know why? Because no matter what he says, and to be honest, I actually don't think that if he was a different type of person that he would be as popular. But I mean, obviously he's an asshole for a lot of things that he but does. But I think that he feeds a gap. I'm I'm no Andrew Tate apologist. I think he's a misogynistic freak. 100%. But just to interject, I feel like he fills a gap as to like, there's a lot of men who have no direction and they don't know in this day and age of me too and everything, they don't know how to be. And he's like one person who speaks to them directly. Do you know what I mean? That, I'm saying I he do. fills a gap. I Yeah, he does. But that's not, that's not a very good gap in my opinion. Oh. No, because he's no. misogynistic and a lot of young men, especially which... Uh, the young men that, that we're yeah. dealing with in the dating scene in terms of our generation yeah i think they're gonna assume that they're the alpha male the top g you know (laughs) and like and want to be him which is not healthy for us and our mental health but you know what he did what he had to do to become famous and he became famous he's been deplatformed oh really yeah he's been taken off everything he's been banned Still everywhere, though. He goes into, like, different podcasts. He does, yeah. Was it Piers Morgan? Yeah. Yeah. He was on Piers Morgan a couple nights ago. But what I was saying, He came across strangely well. Compared to Piers Morgan? (laughs) Yeah, compared to Piers Morgan. No. I thought Piers kind of didn't do the... He did a pretty good interview, but I thought that Andrew Tate had turned a lot of his stuff down. Like, he turned himself down for that television appearance like he wasn't as extreme because you know what at the end of the day he at this point he is uh he is an influencer of whether we like it or not but he is in some sort of way because he influences men and i think by this point he already has like a team of people who actually tell him what to do and i know that it's against everything he says but he probably does of course he wants to keep making money he has a huge hustlers university yeah yeah and actually that's why i brought up what i was saying yeah right? it comes Andrew back Tate. to the 20 year old thing yeah because he is now talking about his university of like this course that you gotta what pay for like 500 pounds or more yeah it's Whatever, not something cheap like that. it's yeah. not cheap you and gotta pay for it the whole then- thing is about Becoming alpha and making alpha money. Alpha and top G, making money, becoming a self-made millionaire. Yeah. Which is, again, unrealistic. Well, if everyone could be rich, then everyone would be, you know. Like, everyone would be... I always think, like, everyone would be doing it. And, yeah, he does... He feeds this fake lifestyle with probably borrowed cars. I mean, I know he's wealthy in his own right now, yeah. but he does feed a lot of this fake information. But millions of people fall for it. Because I feel like sometimes people don't know what to do. Don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, people want direction. I think that's what a lot of our generation is lacking. Follow. I do do think that now more than ever, it's easier to become successful and more rich than ever before because it all comes down to social media at this point. Because right now, so many influencers. Imagine if we didn't have social media. First of all, me and you wouldn't (laughs) be able to start this yes (laughs) podcast that we've been wanting to do actually for quite a while yeah long time we talked so we talked about that a lot and without all of this we wouldn't have our sweet emma we wouldn't have our (laughs) amazing lauren geraldo we wouldn't have andrew tate (laughs) well yeah amazing andrew tate yeah the goat it's easy to get your 15 seconds of fame now definitely because people become unrelatable really quickly yeah and then they lose their spark no i do think social media and the internet's opened up like a whole new world for everyone there's actually a lot of people that sometimes you know what i can do my regular routine just be at home in the shower and i'd be like 
where is that person? <laughs> Am I, like, remember him? Where is he thing. now? Who's that person from BuzzFeed? So many people that, are, that were popular at one point and just disappeared because they're unrelatable. Well, there's like, Jeanette McCurdy just came out. Actually, she's like, come back into the spotlight because she wrote a book yeah. about her mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually, I've heard that. Yeah, it's it called gl- I'm Glad My Mom Died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom's dead. So all about it was pretty crazy. All the stuff she was saying, like it kind of ruined my childhood. Like, because I loved iCarly. I loved her as well. Oh. She actually talked about Ariana Grande on the set of Salmon Cat. Yeah, she did. Because I remember I watched her interview with um, Willow Smith and her mom. Yeah, Jada the Red Smith. Table yeah, Talk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Actually, that was yeah. it was intense. I know, and actually, it exposed a lot about Disney. Like, I think her mom took a lot of her money. It happens to a lot of Disney yeah. stars, and also she developed an eating disorder because she had to look like a. 12 year old when she was an adult like it's crazy and her mom was teaching her to like bind her chest and horrible stuff like that yeah so that she would look young because because i remember the part about uh her relationship that she had to lie and she like to her family because she knew that she wouldn't get approved and like people are going to disapprove they're going to judge so she left she went to hawaii remember that story that she talked at the red table talk she talked about it and said that she had to hide the fact that she's with her boyfriend who was obviously older than her. Yeah, there's so much Disney and then stuff, her mother, stuff. Her mother had the audacity to write her a letter and tell her, or email, whatever it was, oh yeah, who are you? I can't even recognize you anymore. And basically use all the uh, bad words about yeah. her daughter. And then at the end of the day, she was like, yeah, by the way, we need a new fridge. Please send me money. Bye. Yeah. Then she was like, you're not my daughter anymore. Bye. It happens to a lot of child actors. And I think it, Britney Spears is another sort of example of someone's family taking advantage of them. Yeah. Have you seen Modern Family? Yeah, yeah, of course. The girl, oh I my think God. her name is Ariel Winter. Yes, she had the same sort the of same thing. thing with her mother, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think she took her to court as well. Yeah, I think her mum really overly sexualized her from a young age yeah. and all this stuff it's crazy it actually makes you super grateful for your own family who is obviously everyone has their own skeletons in the closet yeah you know (laughs) yeah i think that though it's i think the onus is put on the tv stations like i think child actors the stations attract a lot of these crazy child actor moms and stage moms and dads and their kid is their meal ticket out of their situation for a lot of people and i think that like, that's where a lot of the financial abuse, abuse in general happens. You know what popped in my mind right now? And I want to talk about it a little bit, but we're not right going to go into too much detail because we also want to talk about the Reddit. Tell me your opinion, right? But we're not going to go into too much detail because it might be a bit controversial. And people, there's this guy on TikTok who has a child. Have you, do you know who I'm talking about? He has basically said that his what child is, that? is um, transgender, basically that. Yes, it, I know. Yeah, I think that the, the is the Sakoni Jolly family. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of controversy. The child is super young. And I mean... Well, let's go there. I mean, yeah, I I think it's not something that should be put online. We can get into it deeper yeah. next time. But I just think that it is a, this sort of... It is a very similar scenario as what you're talking about with this yeah, abuse. That's why I brought it because up. he's getting a lot of views from that. Okay, he's getting a lot of brand deals. Actually, I've seen. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. That's what and I traction it up. and 
it couldn't be just a phase. Like, I don't want to get into it too much. I know it's a controversial subject, but I went through a tomboy phase. I don't know. I just feel like he's pushing it a lot for the financial benefit of the family, this uh, transgender thing. Even if it is the case, which it could be and everyone's okay with it because it's, you know, it's their own choice. It's his choice, her choice. But it's just not right to portray it in the media like he does. And I feel like that's way too much for a child who is still trying to figure out what to do you know yeah 100 percent. because a child he's what like six years old yeah and it just makes me sick to see him getting you know endorsements from that Mm. situation that's where i have the issue definitely let us know your thoughts we've got an email on social media let us know because we'd yeah. love to know what you think about that whole situation. And if you have any other topics that you might want us to discuss, because we are really opinionated. Uh, what? <laughs> We're what holding back. <laughs> any like controversial topic, hit us up, text us what you might want us to say. And we can discuss Yeah, I wasn't it. prepared to talk about that today, but I will come, yeah. I'll come locked and loaded next time. Yeah, we'll come more yeah. prepared, obviously. <laughs> well, on that note, do you want to get into some AMAs? Wanted mm-hmm. Fariza's pure reaction. So I've kept them from her. We're going to do two today and we're just going to see they are. Basically, we're going to give advice to two different situations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I've been missing is advice. I've always got dilemmas and I never know who to turn to. And we just want to like explore a few different topics and see and you can email in if you have any dilemmas and we will try and help you as well Mm -hmm. but this week we're taking them from reddit because there's some interesting ones (laughs) okay this one is hi i'm a 23 year old and i'm in an open relationship i have been with my boyfriend for four years and our relationship has been open for over three years i'm feeling strange about it and i feel like he's acting weird i don't know what to say to him or whether to make it exclusive again what should i do you know what this is actually this is a hard one because what they've been together four years you said four years three yeah of them were open yeah so at this point it's a bit hard for her to i think to go back to it because most of the time which is what 75 percent of their relationship it was open yeah which is if it was another way around three of them were like three of the years would be exclusive and one would be open it would be so much easier do you get that though i i get that i i'm gonna be really brutal to this person (laughs) right now i'm gonna say end it and like end it right now 100 percent. i don't believe in open relationships i'm gonna go on the record and say that i just don't don't think that it is realistic or achievable and actually what i'm looking at is that they were exclusive for one year right and then they went open for three. Usually relationships after one year, like you can decide if that's your person or not because they call it like the honeymoon stage is the yeah. first nine months of the relationship mm-hmm. where you've got all these like weird pheromones and like there's like they've genuinely done studies to show that the mm-hmm. first nine months of the relationship are not really realistic because there's all this other, like you're in lust, like you're not yeah. in love. After that, usually relationships will end or they'll keep going depending on whether it's like a true match. Mm. Clearly, after one year, like it was kind of fizzling out for them and then they didn't want to make the call, so they decided to go open. That's what I feel from my perspective. I agree with you, but um, did she say how old she is? 23. 23, okay. I mean, you know what? I don't believe in open relationships either. However, I do think that a lot of young people... Like in their early 20s, maybe 18s also, 
like 16s and up probably well okay 16 is way too early for an open relationship i feel like <laughs> but you know what it's fine you do you but i feel like it's very it all comes down to like having fun and actually avoiding the topic or even thinking about having a heartbreak which is why i assume people do but at this point obviously she's weirded out about it yeah okay, she seems I mean, apparently he's getting weird a lot of people have different like terms and conditions for their open relationships yeah yeah but no but still obviously he would get weird in a way of like you are sleeping with other people and then you come back to each other oh. sleep with each other oh, i couldn't deal with that I couldn't either. From a sanitation perspective, I couldn't do it from a germs perspective. But I mean, a lot of people our age are doing it, so we sh- we need to think about it, you know. Not think about it for ourselves, but just a lot of people from our generation. It's really popular. It is really popular, but I don't feel that it's healthy. Because Sounds at like the emotions the are getting day, involved. Even she proves it, the girl, she proves that it it's kind of messing with her head and it's gonna come down to that anyway yeah exactly you need to either if she actually wants to fix the relationship i think they might need therapy i don't know why i'm laughing because therapy is an important thing i do i do therapy but i do i do therapy and it's fine it's just um they're gonna have to do counseling and therapy together if they want to fix it because i don't feel like it's easy to fix what it's not broken, obviously, but it's a bit wrinkly. <laughs> you know what I yes, mean? Yes, I think therapy could help, but I think that she's 23. She got into this when she was 19. I don't even think it's worth therapy. I think she should just cut it off now. If she's feel- having weird feelings about him and she's 23, I think especially when you're young and in your 20s, just she cut, just cut him off. She doesn't say what feelings, though. Yeah. Is, in like, is he in love with someone else? No, I think Out that of he's love with just her or what? not like probably as committed as he once was well he's probably not committed yeah that's, that's what i mean i just i don't know i'm an int- i'm an attention seeker i need the full commitment from someone so that would be a red flag yeah i think don't waste your early 20s with someone who's not fully committed and that's my because opinion if that's what you want to do if you want to like you know have fun date around you you can do that without stepping into a relationship and calling it an open relationship yeah you, can, you know that's what people do as well just date around it's called apparently it's called dating for dating wow yeah because yeah, dating nice. for <laughs> marriage is the other thing i would not i'm that type of person though i would not be able to date around Really? Mm, I've never had. There you go. We've got our traditionalist. <laughs> <laughs> I never have, but it's just me. I'm quite closed off. I know I probably don't seem like that now, but when I meet people for the first time, I, I already know who I will be able to open up to and who I won't be able to open up to. I think that dating around, it takes a lot of energy from you to like actually, yeah, you know, to actually talk about yourself over and over again. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite yeah, uh, The talking stage of dating is exhausting. Yeah, I wouldn't be Exhausting. Able- I don't blame you. I mean, I'm all in favor of like enjoying your 20s and, you know, dating around. I honestly think it's healthy. Yeah, 100% it's healthy. I wish. Uh, but for I think that it's actually been normalized so much for our generation. And I think that actually uh, what a lot of us crave is true companionship and people that will support us. At the end of the day. Yeah, so I actually think that in a way, again, controversial, but I think we've gone too far in this like dating around Mm. thing. And I just think that 
you know, it's not for everyone and people actually get pressured into it. So it's good that you've identified, Hey, it's not for me. I'm not going to do that because some people I've seen are not naturally inclined to be sleeping around (laughs) doing that. And they do because it's what everyone does these days. So it's good to know your boundaries. Honestly, it is. It is. You know what? How I came to the realization that I'm never going to be able to date around is realizing that I'm a germaphobic. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in London. Oh my God. (laughs) And it's like, you know what? Going out goes down, gets down to germs. Nothing else. Seeing people, like, it is. So, you know what? It's all fine. Whatever you want to do is good for you, but you got to know your boundaries. Yeah. And it's, it is normalized. Well, I have a lot of friends right that have genuinely confessed to me, yeah, I'm not actually into that, but I just feel pressured because, like, everyone's doing it now. I could see that. Yeah. Imagine, okay, you go out to a bar with your friends, your girlfriends, and they go and meet some guys, and then you're just sitting there alone, and you feel pressured to do it because, you know, a guy comes up to you, and you're, like, you're sitting there alone, right? I yeah. mean, you don't want to go home because you want to spend the night with your friends and, like, just chill but then you don't want to be like this weird one girl out you know just sitting on your own on your phone yeah yeah like the odd one out you don't want to be that so i feel like that's how some of the girls get pressured into it definitely definitely and yeah i mean i think because we grew up with sex in the city and gossip girl and like lots of shows that normalized that behavior which as i said is fine if you want to sleep around no problem like literally do that but it's yeah not for everyone you know what i always did in this kind of situation i would i'm sorry i'm engaged <laughs> i was like i was like 18 and i was saying that wow because i didn't yeah, know so that's just you because they that's don't question it they don't question it so Here's a tip for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just say you're engaged and that will fend them Eventually off. happen. If it was me, I would be taking the free drink and then saying I'm engaged because I'm not paying £25 for a cocktail. That's London. And if someone else can pay for you, me, then yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> okay, on that note, we have one more quick one. So please help me share your experience about living alone and with your partner in your early 20s and which you prefer. I recently turned 20 and have really been wanting to move out of my parents' house and get my own apartment. My boyfriend of almost four years is about to move out of his parents' house and get his own place Mm. a month or so. He invited me to look at places with him and move in with him. I think I would enjoy living with him and I would really enjoy getting away from my parents because I have a lot of family issues and they've been getting very intense lately. I kind of want to experience having my own place instead and letting friends stay the night and my family come over whenever I want without having to worry about what anyone says. I also want to have an entire place by myself to decorate and I don't want to feel like I'm cramped and out of space. I wouldn't mind us both having our own places so we can experience that to the point where we stay at each other's place a lot, which we have never got to experience. I would really like mm-hmm. any advice on that. Thank you so much. Oh, that yeah. was a very long one. Well, Frieza, you I've seen you in many stages of your life. You've lived yeah. alone, you've lived at boarding school and you've lived with your partner now. Yeah. Your fiance. Which I can't really relate to her, but I get her. It's cuz I left to London when I was 14. So, so I went to boarding school at the age of 14. I was pretty much used to living alone when I was moving out of boarding school and going, you know, getting an, an apartment, a flat in London when I was at uni, my first year of uni. Um, 
by the way, not where I met Samara, different uni, different course, did not enjoy. (laughs) Did you like living alone? I did. I did. I loved it actually because after boarding school, I feel like you appreciate it more Mm. because you were stuck in the little room. Obviously, I'm lucky to have to have had my own room because a lot of people in boarding school actually uh, slept in like I've heard some horror stories yeah Yeah. and I was living in a private alone room yeah it was everyone at my school though it was like um, the one in central London oh yeah okay yeah yeah so that's why I guess but it was it was fun but after moving uh, to my apartment it was really fun I loved it living alone is like playing house by yourself it's amazing (laughs) that's so true my mom came and she she helped me decorate it so we bought all the furniture. It was unfurnished. So we had to buy all the furniture. Just decorate it, you know? It was fun, super amazing. The after one, though, I changed apartments after on my second year of uni. Yeah, second yeah, year of that. uni. Mm-hmm. Love that apartment. <laughs> it was really amazing. Yeah. But I had to do everything myself there because of COVID, my mom wasn't able to come. So I had to do it myself. But it was also really nice. Actually, living by yourself is amazing. You do... You, have, you know, you have your own routine. You have your own, what you want to do, basically. You can cook, you can order. No one tells you what to do. Your family's <laughs> not there to tell you what to do. You watch your own movies, you study. You have your own space all the time. But it does get lonely. Sometimes. Yeah, that's, it does what get lonely. I, that's what I wanted to touch on. I have not lived alone alone. I moved, I mean, I was living in dorms at uni and then I was living to other girls in London. And I didn't like <laughs> that situation that much because I didn't feel like I had my own space. And I'm one of those people that really needs their own space. Oh, you, you told me about the parties and stuff. Yeah, they turned it into a frat house. If you're listening, don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would say actually that I don't like living alone. I'm not like you. I don't like you it. Don't. Yeah, I get really like lonely and really sad mm. very quickly. Like I have... I live with my partner now, but I had points where I was alone because he was traveling or away and I just couldn't. It was really hard for me. I found, you're found it really more tricky. of an uh, extrovert. Yeah, I need Which that socialization. I, think, yeah. I really need someone to bounce my ideas for off. For me, it's another way around. I need, like, I recharge by myself. Yeah. And it's like, even now, living with my fiance, <laughs> living with my fiance, it's like, Sometimes, I mean, I love it. It's amazing living with your partner because it's fun. You do things together now. Like you have your own routine with him, which like you wake up, you do your skincare. You're always with someone. Yeah. And it's like you cook together, cook for each other, do nice things for each other every day, basically, which is for her an advice, which probably if they're going to spend so much time at each other's places, they might as well, you know, split the costs of living yeah that's a whole nother thing that's a whole other aspect because i was just gonna my parents were so i mean weirdly traditional about you don't you're not gonna move in with someone unless Mm. you're married type of thing and they're not though that type of parent but they just on this issue they decided that's their stance but with london i mean it's it's quite unrealistic to have two separate places when you know that you're always going to be spending that time together anyway. I mean, at least I'm the type of person who, you know, mm. loves to hang out like with my yeah. partner all the time still, which is 
a problem that we should discuss later. But <laughs> I, I knew that it was just better for us to live together and I just thought, you know, and it worked out pretty well. We obviously had some issues, which we'll talk about in later podcasts again. But I, yeah, I thought that living together, especially in a city like London where you don't want to have two different sets of expenses, it, it worked out well. Mm. So it is easier, but I feel like she has to be sure that her boyfriend is the one. Because let me tell you the <laughs> negative you that side. Lease. Not even the negative side. It's not so much as bad. It's just, it's different because when you see each other every day, but you go back to your own houses, which we did in the start of our relationship because we were, you know, back home in Kazakhstan. So we were, you know, go out for like lunches or dinners and just chill and talk. And then we would all go to our own houses and just sleep there and then meet the next day. It's really different. It's more romantic. It more really like a honeymoon phase. Oh, living together when will you kill everything. Together, which we uh, moved in together after he proposed to me because my family is also like that. Super conservative in that type of way. Fair enough. My father, actually more modern than my mother. It's super cute. But you know, but you do have to be sure. That he is your person because you would get into little fights and arguments and bickerings over, you know, the little things like he would probably <laughs> the way he puts down his socks, the way he doesn't way- <laughs> put away or down his socks, you know, all the little things. But at the end of the day, if he's your person, it only makes him better. It only makes your experience of living together more fun and interesting and, you know, do it for the memories. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's such a good point. I think that you really get to know your partner in a different mm-hmm. way when you live with them. And I think that's important. And I actually think it's, Im- I don't like this rule of living with your partner when you're, when you get married, because I think you learn so much about your part, like, cause you're in the engagement you know what? stage. That's what my father said. Actually. Yes. Cause that's what my mother, she, she thought that would be probably a bit weird, but you know what? She is super modern as well, but I mean, in terms of like this. No, parents have their reasons. I yeah, mean. but my dad was like, you guys have to kind of test the territory in a way, you know, to see how, to see a little bit the sneak peek of your future. Yeah. Of what it's going to be like, because it's important now more than ever before I actually sign the documents and see where it's going to lead. Obviously, if you don't do that, if you're not allowed to do that, it also works out. Yeah. Because if you've been together for a long period of time, yeah, it's going to be fine. It's just, it's good though to test the territory, to see, to have a sneak peek, as I said. I think because this girl's going from living with her parents to either living alone or living with her partner, I would actually advise that she lives alone for a while. I agree. At least a year or six months. Yeah. And then moves in with her partner. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you all, we all need to have that stage of living alone. We all need to learn about ourselves in that phase if we have the privilege and the possibility to because it's actually a very privileged thing to just, you know, go, yeah. live, on your, go live on your own, then move in with your partner. Because, mm. yeah, as Frieza mentioned, moving in with your partner is no, like, is walk in the walk. park. You yeah. romanticise it when you're not living together and you're, like, having lunches and, like, shopping and having a nice time. <laughs> but then when you move in together, yeah, it's a commitment and it's a serious thing. So, Yeah. <laughs> That's it. We suggest our advice to you. Live by yourself for a little bit if you can afford that, which I think she does by asking. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So if you do have a choice, maybe live by yourself, as Samara said, for a little bit to kind of... Maybe you would rethink your whole life, you know? Yeah. But because <laughs> Maybe you, you'll break up with him. No, probably not. But, you know, hopefully 
you know, do what makes you happy. But when you live by yourself, you have so much spare time, so much free time. When So she might reconsider a bit, you know, in her life. So at the end of the day, whatever it is she wants to do. Yeah. But living by herself is a good experience, though. An important one. An important sure. one. Yeah. Well, that's it, you guys. Uh, <laughs> that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been a pleasure. I have really enjoyed it. Leave any inquiries in the email that we've put down below. Or you can find us on TikTok and Instagram. You can also DM us if you type up not that girl pod. And you can DM us and anything that you want. We're here to take your recommendations and everything. So thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.